Amen. You may be seated. Thank you so much. Jesus commands us in this passage to love each other the way that he loved us, enough to lay down his life. Romans 5, verse 7 and 8, we actually looked at last week talking about God's great love, says, Now most people would not be willing to die for an upright person, though someone might perhaps be willing to die for a person who is especially good. But God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. This is the very outworking of God's great love for us. Jesus died for us when we weren't especially good nor upright. And he's asking us to love each other this same way. Verse 7 is so true, isn't it? Most of us would not be willing to die for just anyone. But maybe for someone who's especially good. Now, I don't believe that this scripture in John about greater love is referring to actually putting our lives on the line, but more about laying our lives down for our friends. Oswald Chambers was a Scottish preacher and teacher best known for his book, My Utmost for His Highest. And I want to read you a part of what he wrote in this book. He says, Jesus does not ask me to die for him, but to lay down my life for him. Peter said to the Lord, I will lay down my life for your sake, and he meant it. He had a magnificent sense of the heroic. For us to be incapable of making this same statement Peter made would be a bad thing. Our sense of duty is only fully realized through our sense of heroism. Has the Lord ever asked you, will you lay your life down for my sake? It is much easier to die than to lay down your life in day in and day out with the sense of the high calling of God. For 33 years, Jesus laid down his life to do the will of the Father. He says, it is much easier to die than to lay down your life day in and day out. Jesus laid down his life for us. And yes, he did die and conquered death, thank God. But he set aside his desires, his will, his wants to do the will of the Father. 33 years, each and every day. I'm so thankful that Jesus calls us friend, that he would be willing to do that for us. And I would agree with what Oswald Chambers said, that it's much easier to die than to lay down our lives day in and day out. We need only to look at news stories to... to see people who are acting in heroic ways every single day. There's articles of people who have jumped in the Halifax Harbor. How many know that is heroic, just in and of itself, but have jumped in because somebody else has fallen in and they're willing to, to get in there and save them. We have police officers and firefighters and emergency personnel who every day when they go to work, they know that they may be willing or they may be asked that day, required to sacrifice their life to save someone else. For many of us, if it came right down to it, I think we would also do that. Be willing to lay, to, to face life or death for another human being. But to lay down our life, our desires, our wants, our plans, our time, our resources, our energy, every day, day in, day out. This is not a one-time decision to sacrifice, but a daily decision to serve one another. 
John 15, I'm going to read it again, verses 12 and 13 says, This is my commandment, love each other in the same way I've loved you. There is no greater love than to lay down one's life for one's friends. So what does that look like? How do I do that? How do I live my life in such a way that I have this greater love that this is talking about? I want to take a few minutes and look at one of the most wonderful examples of friendship that we have in Scripture to learn how to live out this command of greater love, the friendship of David and Jonathan. First and Second Samuel are two of my absolute most favorite books in the Bible. If you love adventure films, this far surpasses any I have ever seen. We could spend months, if not years, going through the things that we can learn from the, the stories in these books, the, life, the account of the life of David. I want to highlight the friendship of David and Jonathan in relation to how we are called to love each other with this greater love. Jonathan was the son of a king, Saul, the king of Israel. He was a great warrior and dedicated to God. David was the son of Jesse, a shepherd, and he had just been anointed by the prophet Samuel to be the next king of Israel. In chapter 16 of 1 Samuel, David is introduced to King Saul as a musician, and he begins to serve him in his court. In chapter 17, we find David back in the fields tending his flocks for his father. This might have been the first bivocational worship pastor ever. Big shoes to fill, Pastor Nathan. Big shoes to fill. <laughs> David goes on to kill the giant Goliath. And at the beginning of chapter 18, 1 Samuel, we find him back with King Saul. 1 Samuel 18.1 says, After David had finished talking with Saul, he met Jonathan, the king's son. There was an immediate bond between them. Verse 3 says, And Jonathan made a solemn pact with David because he loved him as he loved himself. The first thing I notice is that greater love does not compete. Jonathan was the son of a king. He was a proven as a warrior. He had a heart for God. In my mind, he would have been Prince Jonathan next in line for the throne. I have no idea if at this point Jonathan knew that David had been anointed to be the next king. At the very least, he would have recognized David as talented, brave, skilled in many ways, and he had caught the attention of Jonathan's father. And yet, Scripture tells us that Jonathan loved David as he loved himself. There was no competition. I don't know about any of you, but I need to stop and examine if I am this type of friend. When my friends, one of my friends gets a promotion, and I don't. When one gets maybe recognition for serving, and I don't. When it seems like a friend has got it all together, and everything is going their way, and I don't. Maybe when, when something that I feel like should be rightfully mine goes to them instead, even though others around me are saying, yeah, yeah, you should have got that. In this example, the kingship for Jonathan. Am I excited for them? Am I, do I celebrate them? Do I love them as I love myself? Or do I sit back and think, that raise should have been mine? Or that pastor should have thanked me in that message? Or... Why didn't my friend give me that Facebook friend award last week when it was friend day? Hmm. When I was graduating from high school, the process for choosing valedictorian was, I think, different than it is now. It was a long time ago. Just saying. 
Teachers determined who the top students were based on their marks, and then those names were presented to the graduating class and voted on. And, and whoever won what, uh, be, the most votes was able to be the valedictorian. I came in second by one vote. I'm not bitter. It's all right. <laughs> I had friends that said that I should have gotten it, but I was okay. I, w I really was. I was actually okay. The girl who was valedictorian for our class, she was a gem. She was beautiful and smart and popular, but she was also kind, a great friend, never malicious or mean. I even voted for her. That was that one vote. Hmm. I was so glad that she was chosen. And it ended up that she even asked me to help her and to contribute to her speech when she delivered it. And she delivered it amazingly. She was so well-spoken. We laughed and we cried. We cheered her on. She was not my competition. She was my friend. Having a greater love for our friends, laying down our lives for them, means that we're going to cheer them on, we're going to celebrate the wins, we're going to spur them on to the calling of God in their lives. Even if it looks like they may do more, go further, excel farther than I do. Greater love does not compete. It is important to ask ourselves, is this the type of friend that I am? And also, are these the type of friends that are surrounding me? That greater love. Do your friends compete with you or celebrate with you? Do they always have a story or a situation that is just one step higher than yours is that you've just shared. That might be competing. Do they cheer for you or criticize you? A true friend laying their life down for you will take you closer to the best that God has planned for you, never holding you back. This is greater love. Greater love does not compete. Secondly, greater love always defends. 1 Samuel 18 goes on to tell us that King Saul becomes insanely jealous of David and begins to plan how to take him out of the picture. 1 Samuel 19.1 says, Saul now urged his servants and his son Jonathan to assassinate David. But Jonathan, because of his strong affection for David, told him what his father was planning. Verse 4 says, The next morning Jonathan spoke with his father about David, saying many good things about him. The king must not sin against his servant David, Jonathan said. He's never done anything to harm you. He's always helped you in any way he could. Have you forgotten about the time that he risked his life to kill the Philistine giant and how the Lord brought a great victory to all Israel as a result? You were certainly happy about it then. Why should you murder an innocent man like David? There's no reason for it at all. So Saul listened to Jonathan and vowed, as surely as the Lord lives, David will not be killed. Jonathan defended his friend David to his father, the king. When we love each other, laying down our lives for each other, we will defend our friends. Unfortunately, in our society, tearing people down has become the norm. We see it in the news. We hear it I've even heard it this week in commercials from organizations which shall remain nameless um, that are tearing down. Rather than talking about their strengths and their good things, they're trying to tear down the competition or what they see as the enemy. On Facebook, where people are supposed to be your friends, 
We see things being, people tearing each other down. I would even go to, as far to say that in the high school halls of every high school in this city, that there is tearing down of each other, not building up. Did you see what she's wearing today? Did you hear about what he did? Saul felt threatened by David. His victories, his popularity with the people, the anointing that God had placed on his life, he wanted to take David out. Jonathan stood up for David. He stood in the gap between the animosity of his father and the innocence of his friend. He had David's back. Are we willing to lay down our lives to stand in the gap for our friends? Would the people who we call friends do the same for us? There are people in my life who I know have my back. My husband is my best friend. You've heard us talk about that before. And I'll warn you to think twice before you criticize me to him. I'll warn you, because he will stand in the gap. He will defend me, whether I'm right or wrong. I was wrong once, and he still defended me. <laughs> He'll let me know later, but in the moment, He's got my back. He will defend me. I have his back. I will always defend him. Defending others is not always comfortable. It's not easy. Sometimes there's a cost. Jonathan spoke up against his father to defend David Saul at a, to defend David. Saul at the time was unstable at best, tormented by spirit. The word spirits, the word tells us. He was the king. Jonathan was potentially putting himself in, putting his life on the line to defend his friend. This is greater love. When we defend a friend, we run the risk of becoming the target of the attack. Ever happen? I can nod. Yeah, a few, a few. We run that risk of becoming the target. Others may start, take, may start to take shots at you when you come to a friend's defense. Even though Saul had vowed to Jonathan that David would live, he soon changed his mind, and again, and again, and again, and he began trying to eliminate David. Jonathan and David devise a plan to find out once and for all the extent of Saul's animosity. 1 Samuel chapter 20. I'll start at verse 30. It says, Saul boiled with rage at Jonathan. So David and Jonathan had decided that David would remove himself, not be present for a few meals during this festival, and they would see how Saul would react to this. It says, Saul boiled with rage at Jonathan. Do you think I don't know what, that you want him to be king in your place, shaming yourself and your mother? As long as that son of Jesse is alive, you'll never be king. Now go and get him so I can kill him. But why should he be put to death? Jonathan asked his father. There he is. He's defending his friend. What has he done? Then Saul hurled his spear at Jonathan, intending to kill him. So at last, Jonathan realized that his father was really determined to kill David. Notice again, Jonathan came to David's defense, even though it almost cost him his life. Is this the type of friend that I am? Is this the type of friend that I have? Willing to lay down maybe my comfort zone and stand up and speak on someone's behalf. Having greater love for our friends means that we will defend them, stand in the gap for them. Third thing, greater love goes out of its way to encourage. 
1 Samuel 23, verses 16 to 18 says, Jonathan went to find David and encouraged him to stay strong in his faith in God. Don't be afraid, Jonathan reassured him. My father will never find you. You're going to be the king of Israel, and I will be next to you as my father Saul is well aware. So the two of them renewed their solemn pact before the Lord. Then Jonathan returned home while David stayed at Horesh. Chapter after chapter in 1 Samuel are interwoven with the complex relationship with King Saul and David. Saul continued to try to kill David, and David continued to avoid him. In chapter three, David, sorry, 23, David had actually hidden himself away from Saul, and Saul was going throughout the wilderness seeking to find him. Jonathan wanted to encourage his friend. He determined to encourage his friend. He went out of his way to encourage his friend. David was in hiding. Saul could not find him. But Jonathan determined to encourage his friend, and he found him. He encouraged him in his faith. He reminded him of the amazing plan that God had for him. He says, you are going to be the next king of Israel, and I will be next to you. He spoke life to his friend, and then he turned around and went home. When we have greater love and are laying our lives down, we might have to go out of our way to encourage each other. I remember not long after we'd arrived in Australia, um, the pastor's wife there got a friend a call from a friend who had just been diagnosed with breast cancer. She got on a plane and flew halfway around the world on short notice to be with her for the next few weeks of that journey. We had just moved there. We had scrimped and saved to make that trip happen. And I knew how much a plane ticket on short notice would cost. Laying aside her responsibilities, her job, her family. She went out of her way to be an encouragement to her friend. Laying down our lives for our friends might not always be convenient. You might need, not need to grab a plane on short notice, but it might not be convenient. The times that our friends may need us the closest to remind them that God has not left them, that he still has a plan for them, might not arrive at times that work within our schedules. But this is greater love in action when we go out of our way like Jonathan did to encourage our friends and cement our dedication to each other. This is greater love. I'm going to read it again. John 15 verses 12 and 13 says, This is my commandment. Love each other in the same way I've loved you. There's no greater love than to lay down one's life for one's friends. There are so many more things that we could draw out of the friendship between David and Jonathan to explain what laying down one's life for one's friends looks like. We could look at it from the generational aspect. David actually went on to take care of Jonathan's family uh, after he had died. There are oaths that they made to each other, promises that they made and kept. They were men of integrity in their friendship. There's so many more areas that we could look at. And not just even in David and Jonathan's lives. There's so many more throughout the scripture that, that make me realize this is what laying down one's life looks like. There's Ruth and Naomi. There's Esther and, and her people. There's Jesus with his disciples. To, 
to understand what this greater love looks like today. I'm going to ask the worship team to, to start coming on back as we close this. I am so thankful today that I have a water bottle. I'm so thankful today that Faith Tabernacle Church is a congregation who understands that we are together, friends allied for a cause, the cause of Christ. One of the definitions of the word friends is ones who are allied for a cause. John 15, Jesus is talking with his disciples. These are the 12 closest people in his life the core leadership team of believers. They were allied together for a cause. This church is a congregation who gets that, that we are together, that we are friends allied for a cause, the cause of Christ. Together as friends, we must hear this commandment that Jesus has given and choose to love each other, laying down our lives for each other, not competing with each other, but defending and encouraging one another. This is greater love. Ecclesiastes 4, starting at verse 9, says, Two people are better off than one, for they can help each other succeed. If one person falls, the other can reach out and help, but someone who falls alone is in real trouble. Likewise, two people lying close to each other can keep each other warm. How can one be warm alone? A person standing alone can be attacked and defeated, but two can stand back to back and conquer. Three are even better, for a triple braided cord is not easily broken. When I fall, I need my friends to help me back up again. When we are being attacked, having friends who will stand back to back and conquer can change the outcome of the battle. In this church, we are more than a random group of people who happen to come together on a Sunday morning. We are friends. We are laying our lives down for one another. We are allied for a cause. We need each other. This city needs us. Bringing the gospel of Jesus Christ to the heart of our city and the world. Look to your left and to your right this morning. Two rows behind you and two rows back. Or front. I said the same thing twice. Two rows behind you, two rows ahead. We are friends. We need each other. I'm also so glad that Faith Tabernacle Church is a congregation who understands that we are with the other churches in this city. They are our friends. They are not our competition. We come to defend them. We come together and we encourage them. Glenn, this week even... I think in the past couple of weeks, he's met with three or four different of the pastors, and they encourage each other with this greater love. Let's love the other churches in our city. I'm so thankful that this church is a friend to the greater church around the world because we're in this together. We are friends allied for a cause. You know, there are very few things that irk me more than when I hear Christians tearing down other Christians or pastors or churches. It's a dangerous place to go when we are against each other, when we should be for each other. 
I actually walked away from a man one time who was trying to tell me, oh, did you hear about that pastor somewhere in that big city? And I, I just said, you know what? I don't take part in these types of conversations. And he kept going and trying to have this conversation. And I finally just went, you know, bye. And I walked away. I made no apologies whatsoever. We cannot enter into those conversations. We are allied together for the cause of Christ. It matters. It makes a difference. Jesus command to us to love each other as he loved us, to love each other in a way that we're willing to lay down our lives for each other, to sacrifice for, to pour into, to show greater love is so important for us to get right. This greater love has eternal consequences. John chapter 13 verses 34 and 35 says, it's Jesus speaking, and he says, a new command I give you, love one another as I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. Are we getting this right? Because lives depend on it. Our witness depends on it. The world notices if we get this greater love right. If we love each other with this greater love, laying down our lives for each other, people will recognize us as Christ followers. They will see him in us. And through that love, they'll recognize his great love that we talked about last week. That is the calling that we carry as Faith Tabernacle Church to bring the gospel of Jesus Christ to our city and to the world. Greater love never competes, always defends, goes out of its way to encourage. I'm going to read it again. John 15. This is my commandment. Love each other in the same way I've loved you. There's no greater love than to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you slaves because a master doesn't confide in his slaves. Now you are my friends. Since I've told you everything the Father told me, you didn't choose me, I chose you. I appointed you to go and produce lasting fruit so that the Father will give you whatever you ask for using my name. This is my command, love each other. That wonderful promise to us that if we get this right, if we love each other well, laying down our lives for each other, Jesus says, now you are my friends. And I know that his love is perfect. He never makes mistakes in loving us. He is the perfect defender. He is the perfect encourager. He is our perfect lover. He's always true to his word. There's no better friend, no greater love. Let me pray for you today. God, I thank you for your word. I thank you, God, that your love is perfect. God, I thank you that you give us examples all through Scripture and how to live out your command to us. God, as we go into this next part of our service and worship you, God, I pray that you would let your word resonate in our hearts. God, let us examine whether we have this greater love. Is there aspects of our lives, Lord, that maybe we could get this just a little bit better? God, maybe, maybe when we examine our lives in your presence, God, that we'll recognize that maybe there's a few relationships that maybe aren't so healthy. Some people that maybe call themselves our friends, but, but really, are they lifting us up? Are they drawing us closer to you? 
God, I pray that you will help us, Lord, to celebrate each other even more than we already do. God, that you would help us to encourage each other even more than we already do. God, that you would, you would show us, Lord, spots where we can step in and defend someone, maybe when they have fallen down. God, I thank you that you do that for us, that you are the perfect friends. God, let greater love abound in our hearts today. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen.